And there's something in the power of testimony, friends. We had a, a meeting here the other day. Be ready to come up now, okay? Have the microphone open. There's something um, the other day, guy was sharing with us, um, Steve Bowman, I think his surname is. And he was sharing how somebody had had a, a dream or something that they were taken to heaven. And I'm always a little suspicious of these heaven dreams because they're all different completely. And some of them are weird and unbiblical, but whatever. I like the picture that this guy had. But he went to heaven and there was this asking room. It's this massive room. It was, it was um, where people would go to ask. And it was full of people asking. And then he went, took, was taken from there to another room. And, and he said it was a big room, but there was just one person. And he said, he said what, what room is this? said, this is the room of thanksgiving. So we, we, we're quick to ask. We're not as quick to say thank you. So who yeah would like to come this morning and uh, share a testimony that we can celebrate and, and glorify the Lord in? Okay, come, Chris. Okay, Ryan. Okay. I love every opportunity I've given to testify of God. I'm here to give thanks to my Jesus. I'm here to tell the devil he's never going to win my life or my family's life. Uh, though we are part of the eldership as well, uh, when we started coming, uh, many of you did not even know that we had a baby. Uh, and many of you have no clue what we've gone through. But I know the day he was born, most of the church was praying for us. So I'm not too sure if you guys were here as well. I'm going to try to cut the short as, as, as short as possible, actually. Yeah, one minute, bro. One minute. All right. Thank you, Lord. Uh, my wife had gone through several complications during our pregnancy, during our pregnancy. And she was 29 weeks when the baby stopped moving. So we had to go to the hospital on a Thursday night just to see what was happening. But the Friday morning, the doctor, uh, she was there the whole night. And the Friday morning, our doctor came and said, listen, we have to deliver the baby right now. We trusted the doctor because she delivered bo both our other boys as well. So we said, it's fine. And it's that time that you, you guys were praying for us here as well. Baby was, our son was born at 29 weeks. He was in the hospital for 49 days. We had no insurance at all. The doctor told us before that itself, you guys need to get an insurance to cover the hospital, but we had no insurance. Two days before he could, uh, he could go to the hospital, I spoke to my boss and said, listen, I need to upgrade my insurance. He said, why? I said, no, we had these complications. He said, no, the company will take care of it. So, but when we went to the hospital, we never had the insurance. But it was a 49 days my son was in the hospital, and every day we would get the bill, seven to 10,000 dirhams every day. The email would come, and my wife would, my wife and my mother-in-law would go, "Aren't you worried?" I said, "No. Where are you going to get, where are you going to get money from? I have no clue." What I'm trying to say is, after the 49th day, when the bill came, my wife was terrified because we were holding the baby, baby in one hand, and I had to go get my bill for us to leave the hospital. I paid the bill. I came back outside. My wife was like, how much did you pay? I said, 76 dirhams. What was the bill? 370,000. And I paid 76 dirhams. People, what you put in this basket 
is not going to help God in any way. But I've been faithful during my giving time, whether it's my incentive, my salary, my bonus, even my leave package, I would make sure that 10% goes into this. God did not give me any money during those times, but he gave me the money when I actually needed it. I knew my Goliath, but I never knew how strong the Goliath was, but I knew how strong my God was. I knew my God was, I fought my battles, I fought my, my bears and my lions. So Goliath was, this Goliath was absolutely no problem. This is the worst we had. And I know the devil is going to come and try to break us down as well. And I, I'm, I'm saying, come on, bring it on, because my God is greater. I know many people say, listen, why do you always speak about finance? Because my God always comes through in my finances. My God always comes through because I give and he gives back to me. So I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through in your finances today, you give and you see your God come through in every area of your life. Yeah? story in October I got diagnosed with uh, diabetes it was a tough time but today I can say I'm free of insulin it's gone last week I had the impression just to stop with insulin my wife told me don't do it it's dangerous I went to the doctor on Sunday and she told me look I don't understand it but you're free thank you for your prayers Good morning. I just have a quick testimony about a job opportunity that I got. So earlier this year, I was praying, and I'm a student at UCT, so anyone that has ever looked for a job, especially nowadays, you have to have 10 years or 5 years of experience before you've even graduated. And I was extremely discouraged looking at jobs, and all of them were full-time, and I can't dedicate that time being a student because I know my academics come first. So I remember crying before God and being like, I just want to work. I want to earn my own money, and I'm trusting you with this, God. And that was in March, and I prayed a couple of times, and then I left it because you said something about being still in the presence of God. You just need to trust and have the faith that he's going to take care of it. And then my mom came to visit in August, and she gave me and my best friend some money. So we went to a breakfast spot. But in April, one of my flatmates, Kim, had recommended this coffee shop called Bootlegger. And she kept mentioning it, and she kept mentioning it. She's like, Kylie, you have to go have their banana bread. And I was like, me being the person I am and having the sweet tooth I am, I was like, okay, I have to go to Bootlegger. And then when my mom came and my best friend was with me, I was like, I think I have the perfect spot, bootlegger. And we walked through the doors and I just smiled. And I remember I was wearing a red jumper. And when I prayed to God, I said, Lord, I don't want to overextend myself for the job that I'm going to have. I want a job that speaks to who I am as a person. I want it to be something that is so me that only the people that know me would know that this makes sense. So I walk into this coffee shop and I'm sitting down with my best friend and we're just talking to the guy, not knowing that he was the manager of the store. And we're talking about food and we're smiling. And he turns to me out of nowhere 
and he says, do you want a job? And I, I said, yes, yes, I'd love a job. And I thought he was joking because why would anyone just ask you, would you want a job? And he was, he's like, I'll give you my contact details and I'll come back. So he writes down his phone number and I was a bit suspicious at first and because a grown man's giving me his phone number, but um, my best friend said something so prophetic and she's like, it's an open door. And I always hear my parents preach about an open door of God. And I said, you know what, Nix, it is, it is an open door. And I called him and in shock and surprise, he immediately responded. And he was like, yes, the job offers offer is real. Um, if you come this weekend, you can have a job by the beginning of next week. And he sent a voice note and it's, I even asked my other best friend, I was like, are you serious? Like, what is he actually trying to say? And she was like, Carl, he's basically saying the job is yours if you say yes. And I just wanted to say and give thanks to God because the unanswered prayers that you think God doesn't listen to are the ones that he values the most. And when you bow on your knees and you say, God, I'm trusting you, no matter how small it may seem to other people, it is the biggest blessing and God will bless you tenfold. And he is our provision in all areas of life. And I just wanted to say every day I walk into that coffee shop, I pray and I thank him for his strength because the shifts are long. Um, but also giving the tithes to any young person, just because you think that your tithes don't matter because they're not in the thousands or the hundreds, it matters to God because you are telling him anything that I get from you, Jesus, is worthy for your kingdom. And I will sow it back into you because it is not of me, but it is of you. And I just want to say that if we trust him in all areas and we just trust him with prayer and thanksgiving, he will look out for you and he will open an opportunity that seems impossible to you, but nothing is impossible for him. Just for the record, I'm not scared of speaking in public. But my knees are shaking right now because, because I feel a very strong presence right now. Because I can just feel that people, a lot of people are thankful. So a lot, not many people know that in September I wasn't in town for two weeks. I'd gone to UK, which you know about. But it was with my university. It was a, uh, a trip to UK. We would see a production company. I'm a film student, by the way. So we would see a production company work with a scriptwriter over there for two weeks and so we were there for 15 days and out of those 15 days we were working for at least 12 or 13 like we took minimal breaks that's how busy we were and during one one of the days we were just given a small assignment like a small homework type thing where we just come up with a story a story so i sat down with with my friend and we we just did some research wrote the story pitched it the next day and not even thinking about how big it might be the next day, after we pitched it to our teacher, she she liked that that story so much that she went to her producer, and she and she pitched that story on behalf of us. And that producer liked that idea so much, where he's he he's telling us, "Hey, you know what? Come to UK, come work with us. We want to work and develop this story and possibly make it a film." Now, to me, I'm not even a, a graduate yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish in Jan, but having this opportunity already immediately after it's it's a very big deal because it's difficult for someone in my industry and and when when i was told this i was sitting in a restaurant with my friends 
with our teacher, and I just broke down. I didn't care where I was. I didn't care who I was with. I was just so thankful. I came back to the hotel room. I called my sister, and she was like, just stop this call right now. Go by your bed, pray, and say thanks. And I was just there by my bed. I was on my knees. I didn't care if my roommate was coming in or not. I was just there on my knees. I was crying, and I was just thanking God. And another thing, I I have, I also have a, a small job offer, like right after I graduate. So I have that job, and then hopefully things in the UK will work out. So this is possibly the biggest and the best thing that's ever happened to me for my career and my education. And I cannot thank God enough, and I cannot thank the people who have supported me for this as well. is very hard to be vulnerable in front of everyone. So I was struggling. I said I wasn't going to come. And then um, Satan was like, because I'm going to talk about relationship, my relationship. So Satan was like, you know what? People will see you next time and say, that's the person that came to say that. You know, Satan was really trying to get me on my seat. And I was like, God told me, you know, these people are family. They are not just people. And um, even though every, everyone has their issues and, you know, just come and share the testimony, someone will be blessed. So I said, okay, I'll come. Um, I, when I, we've been married for 12 years, uh, I came from a very bad relationship into the marriage. So my husband was under pressure, you know, to, he was always on the spot. Like, I, he had to go the extra mile to prove to me that men were not all like that. And so I had tr- major trust issues. So any small mistake, I'll say, yes, you see, I told you. So the first years of our marriage was very rocky and it was like that. But over time, I became a Christian, and God started healing me. And then last year, late last year, I was head on head for a role in this role in Dubai. And then my sister and a friend, both of them were like, wow, your marriage is going to fall apart. You know, all the things, all the fears you had, it's going to, you know, everything is just going to fall apart. Your husband is not going to be great. It was really negative, but you know, God just told me that I have you. And there was someone that told me something um, that... Your happiness, your your husband can't give you happiness. Your husband is not perfect. God is the one that can give you happiness. And God will give you happiness through your husband. But your husband is not your source of happiness. It's God that is your source of happiness. And at that moment, I just released my husband. You know, from the, you know, I just, I was very comfortable. The first few months when we came here, my, I'll call my husband. He will say, um, I'm at dinner with my friends. And he will put Skype. It was, you know, I was like, these are things that are different. You know, God has really taken over. This year is actually, this one year has been the best year in our marriage. We are closer, we are, you know, everything. God has just released me. I don't have trust issues anymore. My, my, the love of my husband is amazing, you know, so God just Hi, I promise to keep him really short. Thank you, Rob. Um, my daughter was born in December. And um, my wife flew back into Dubai um, at the beginning of February. And we dedicated our 10 days later in church. Rob held that up and everything was excited. And I said to myself, you know, she's been dedicated in church, everything's cool. And then three days later, um, my wife called that she felt she was, you know, not as lively as she would have been. 
Um, so I went home, I tried playing with her, I noticed she wasn't raising her arm, and it was something I would have not paid attention to, maybe she was tired. Um, to cut the long story short, um, my wife had to take her to the doctor the next day, and I got a call from work that I had to be, had to come immediately because she was diagnosed with septic arthritis. I never even knew what that was. Uh, basically, the fluids in her arms were uh, infected, um, and the doctor was like, we need to do something now. You, she can't go back home, and she'll be in the hospital for nothing less than uh, 14 days. That's at the least. Um, so we started praying, um, trusting God. We had not even completed our visa registration, so she didn't have insurance either. Uh, but we we just kept praying. Um, the the indication is uh, there's a white cell white cell marker that shows the level of infection. It was supposed to be 21 for regular babies. Ours was almost 191. Um, and the doctor was like, look, the best I can tell you, I know you don't have insurance, but she cannot be here less than two weeks. But we kept praying and trusting God. The fourth day, they did the x-ray, they did the check, and they said the marker was down to was down to 41. And the doctor said, and the words that he said were, I, I don't know what has happened. Um, we'll check again. And then they checked again the fifth day, and he said, it's now 31. You know what? You guys can go home now. Um, but the biggest thing was he, he kind of gave the impression that, you know, okay, maybe things didn't go right. Maybe we, we saw it wrong or something like that. But immediately, you know, one of the things that I wanted to just share with this testimony is sometimes when the enemy feels like he can't stop us from praying to get that breakthrough, he kinds, kinds of, you know, waters it down and says, maybe it wasn't as bad as you thought. But when I spoke to my sister, I was a doctor, she said there's no, a, a six-week-old child has no business having a white blood cell marker at 191. Um, and just, you know, it shows the power of God and that God answers prayers. And I just want to encourage somebody, don't let the enemy, you know, put down the miracle that God has done for you. Stay thankful that God will show himself through. Made it easy for you, Bob. I wrote it down. <laughs> I actually wrote this testimony yesterday, not knowing what today was going to be about, for a friend of mine at Cornerstone Ministries in Abu Dhabi. Um, she's a dear friend that walked me through my deliverance. I wrote it at a coffee shop through tears yesterday. I have a personal gift, and that gift is my testimony. And my testimony is freedom to someone else. See, my story and my God makes me a conqueror. My name is Denise, and this is my story. I believe in my heart that God has always been pursuing me. But when I turned 35, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was chasing me down, that I was marked by him, and that throughout my life, he was writing a story that would give him the glory. I come from a legacy of dysfunction, divorce, adultery, addiction, and mental illness. I myself battled with anxiety for 19 years of my life. I live in fear constantly. After every trauma I suffered, my fear and anxiety grew to the point where it suffocated and crippled me. For many years, I was caught up in habitual sin. I felt shamed, unworthy, unloved, insecure, and condemned. I battled with generational curses, things I didn't even know had come through my bloodline. Growing up in a legalistic community, I never had anyone to turn to for prayer, for help, yet alone deliverance. No one ever shared with me who God truly was and how he felt about me. I had no understanding of what his gift of abundant life was and how to live in it. For me, Christianity was largely about 
following rules and laws and almost like walking on a tightrope, scared of falling. October 2017, my life began to change. The journey was I was about to go on began with the prophecy over my life here at the well about God's reckless love for me. It was given to me by my dear friend, Shreen. This was the first prophecy I've ever received that was so precise and that spoke directly to my heart. It came on a day I really needed it too. I joined a Bible group early 2018, Girls Church, as we love to call it. And it was here that I started to experience breakthrough after breakthrough. Chains began to break in my life and God was moving in a powerful way. Some days I couldn't comprehend what was happening. On May 6, 2018, I received the gift of tongues as my dear friend prayed for me on a carpet at my Bible study. I fell to my knees and it started to flow out of me. On May 12th, I was set free from anxiety and depression in a single moment. I attended a ladies' conference at my church and during ministry time after the service, I was set free. October 2017, during our Choose Life conference, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about my biological dad. It was during Linda's sermon about beautiful scars and she was talking about Rob and Hannah. Throughout my life, we'd never had a relationship and he'd moved on with his life. We'd not seen or spoken to each other in 11 years when I called him shortly after that conference. We were reconciled. We wept together. He told me he loved me and I told him the same. He spoke a blessing over me and my family and I was healed that day. And so was he. On November 7th, my life was changed forever. I was delivered of all my sin and shame. As I look back on everything and reflect on it, everything that's happened was leading up to that moment. I see how God was carefully orchestrating my life and preparing me for my deliverance for that day. I met with him that day. I stood in front of him. I asked him to take it all away from me. Everything that was taking up space where he should have been. And he did it. He held me in his arms and he told me he'd been waiting for me. God is just so amazing because he sends the right people who have been graced in this ministry to walk with you. I had a gentle yet powerful nurse who walked with me through my deliverance. I had my dear friend who fasted and prayed with me, who cried and rejoiced with me. And I had other sisters in Christ who interceded me. As I stepped into my freedom, I felt such an awakening in my spirit. Everything looked lighter and brighter. I was free. After my deliverance, I noticed changes every day, not only in my life, but also in the life of my husband and my children. My husband even commented that I look different. Well, I do. I am dead to sin, and I am alive in God. My thinking is different. My wants and needs are different. I am a better wife. I am a better mother, daughter, sister, and a friend. The Word of God has become alive in my life. Every time I open up the Bible, the scriptures jump out at me. It has become the guiding directive in my life. I continue to maintain my freedom by renewing my mind daily and spending time with my God. I'm able to speak into life into others, pray with them and encourage them through my testimony that they can be free too. God has dug a deep foundation in my life and he is adding weight onto me. I see now that he was preparing me for this greater version of myself to become a kingdom agent, a kingdom agent. I look at myself in the mirror and I can say confidently, I love who I see. I am happy just to be me. I have peace, that inner stability that can only come from him. I am for the first time in my life experiencing his gift of abundant life. He is writing the story that will bring him glory. I have a gift and that gift is my testimony and my testimony is freedom to someone else.
his provision. Um, I'll just fast forward. A few years ago, I decided to invest into property, and it's, I didn't really know the process of the whole thing of, like when you buy land and there's a whole lot of process, but I did it in Pretoria, and I prayed about it, and God showed me a place, and I, I bought it, and I thought I was buying it for myself. But then through time, God was just revealing that the land wasn't actually for me, but the house that I'm building is actually for my mom because I'm an orphan and my mom doesn't have a husband. So I was like, okay, I'll be obedient. And um, just to honor her and for the things that she has done for us. And it's been really hard um, because I'm Pakistan's poor. And um, so I went through the whole process. And then this year, accelerating to the hard process, this year things were just like, it was like I was just doing things in my own strength and trying to fast forward everything. But then I was just reminded at uh, the groups, um, at the Bible study that we had, Geraldine had a word for me and said, do not rush. That God was telling her to tell me not to rush. And I just surrendered everything. And I stopped rushing. And then at the ladies' conference, Choose Life, I got two words from Ottawa, sorry if I pronounce it wrong, at Rebecca. And the word was, he is faithful. And since then, I've just seen God being faithful with the process with the bank. I've gotten half of the approval for the building. And then I was like, where am I going to get the other half? And then this week, I was speaking to my brother in the U.K., and he's like, Loidi, I got an increment, and I will help you to build a house for mom. And I was just, I'm so thankful to God because I really almost sold the, the, the land with the designs because I was like, I cannot do this in my own strength. And God is the one who came through for me. So I just want to give it to you. Morning, church. This is our delighting. Most of you know him. He's been coming to church for the last three years. Uh, Fifteen months back, he was laid off from his job. Now, by profession, he's an AC technician. Uh, he took, uh, he had to go back home, and he was at home for six months. And then when he came back, he had to work on three visit visas to support his mom and four sisters back at home. For the last seven months, no, I think it's nine months, yes, he's been working in a company that offered him a job. But until today, they have not paid him any salary for the last seven months. The beautiful part is he held on, he held on, he held on. And yesterday, he signed a contract with a company that works with the RTA. And he's going he's to get three times what the previous company offered him. All glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, really, um, I'll try to sh keep it brief. Um, the journey to Dubai has been um, more of um, God leading for me and my family. Um, I always uh, have a discussion with my wife that the way God deals with everybody is unique. If you look through the Bible, the work with God for everyone is different. And um, I told her that we are going to have our own work with God and we have some some prayers and some covenants that we've agreed with God in our family and he's been leading us in it. So when the job offer in Dubai came and we, we prayed about it 
and uh, I, I, I had a leading to accept the job and came into Dubai. But uh, it didn't start easy, just like so many people's story in Dubai, you know. Um, the job was tough. At a point, my family wasn't here, and uh, I had some issues with my manager. Um, one day, he, he called me into his office and told me that, you know, if the MD said, if you can't work with this manager, then you have to go. But to be honest, these things are professional issues. I felt it was my profession. It didn't, the, the manager does not know so much about it. And I was trying to take the stand professionally. But since I was told, okay, if you can't work with the manager, then you have to go. I felt something was going wrong. Then I was called into the manager's office and he told me that, you know what, Femi, I don't think I can work with you. Um, tomorrow, let's sort things out and you just have to go. I already left my job. Things were already bleak. I paid for my family's visa. I went home. I told God, I said, God, you know, before we took this job, we spoke to you and you said it was fine. So I know there must be a plan. Uh, I called my wife and told her and we prayed about it. Next morning, I go to work. I already packed my things. I was thinking of going back to Nigeria. And the manager told me, called me into his office very early in the morning. And it was like, uh, where were you last night? I don't think you slept in your room last night. I said, what do you mean by that? So you came to me in my dreams. I said, me? <laughs> I was sleeping. I don't know what you're talking about. I said, anyways, please, can we, can we start this over? Because I, I want us to start over. I want us to have a new relationship. And I shared this testimony at my C4 group. And it's been a different story since then. It's, it's, it changed totally. It's, it, it was less hostile to me. I started feeling that, yes, there's something about God and my work in Dubai. Yeah, I can see this. Then uh, uh, it went on to the miracle of staying in Dubai. When my wife came in, we saw, you know, the, the, the way Dubai is. You can't feel so much at home here. So we started trying to get into Canada, and to be honest, it was almost like we were not living here. Every day it was about research on how to get out of here. And, you know, I, I totally forgot about how God was working with me, that it wasn't always about me making decisions. I should wait to hear from him. It was so much of a struggle. Every time we were almost there in getting the, the resident permit, something would change. Either they change the rules or they change the handle, and... Then we prayed about it again, and we heard clearly from God that, have I told you to go to Canada? Then we couldn't answer that question. <laughs> then, you know, we decided to stay. Just at the same time when we decided to stay, all our worries about our kids going to school, uh, how are we going to pay the tuition, the office is not supporting. It was less than three months after we decided to stay in Dubai. I got a contact on LinkedIn. I've never gone for an interview in Dubai, and you know, a Fortune 100 company just reached out to me, and I went for the interview, and it was just like, okay, well, I'll go for the interview anyways. And from the interview, I spoke to the technical guide and spoke to the new manager, and it was, it was literally asking me, um, I don't want you to waste my time. Do you really want this job? Because I, 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 want, I really like you. I want to give you this job, but I don't want you to waste my time and accept the, uh, and go through this process, and you don't accept the offer. I'm like, what? How would I accept the offer for, from a company like this? And you know, and he said, all right, let's see, let's see what happens. Those, those drop your credentials with HR and all that. And three weeks down the line, I got a call from them, offering me the job, covering some of the issues that we felt we couldn't afford to cater for in Dubai. God has been awesome to my family and I. It's been obvious because on three occasions, one person in church. One day I was worshiping after service. He walked up to me and said, 
uh, I have a word from God for you that is telling me that it's with you. It's going to do something big in your life. I thought it was just uh, one of those days. Geraldine walked up to me. She, she's in my cell group. She said she had a word for us that, you know, God wants to do something. We should just keep keep at what we're doing, stay steadfast with God. Then Eloise also in my cell group had a prayer with my wife and her. They had a prayer together on on my work and family and all that. She also had a word that God was with us. And we were here on Wednesday again. A fourth confirmation from someone that is not even a member of Well of Life that God is with us and we should just stay put. So I just want to encourage us, whatever we're doing, whatever your work is with God, just keep at it. God is going to definitely show up at the right time. Thank you so much. share a testimony among hundreds of testimonies which I have. Um, about a couple of years back, I was uh, having a job in Dubai and um, uh, the MD of the company retired and a new MD came and uh, he had proposed to somebody known to him to be uh, appointed in my place, but uh, the management did not uh, uh, listen to him and then my boss uh, wanted to somehow remove me and uh, bring somebody known to him <coughs> in that place. So he was little, um, it, it was, he was making my life difficult, I had a chat with Rob and uh, you know it was, it was painful. So after a couple of months he, he called me one day to his room and said that um, I think um, it's better you look for a job and uh, I, you know I was, uh, my wife stopped working for many years and uh, I got school uh, fees and everything to pay so I just thought about everything in a flash of a second, I started weeping. Uh, then I told him, no problem, I will um, I will leave, please give me some time, about uh, um, three, four months time. He said, no problem, I'll give you four months time, you just look for a job, I'll not tell you anyone, but I'd, I want to bring somebody uh, of his choice. So, uh, uh, in, in, in another one month, one and a half months, uh, I got a job. Uh, got an offer from a company and um, uh, then within another 15 days I got another offer from the company and uh, that company is where I'm working now and this company normally doesn't take people unless they do a due diligence for at least three months and I told him I've already got a job and I need to join them in a week's time so you have to give me an offer at least in three four days three four days time so they gave it and uh, that is that is a miracle and um, uh, then, my, then I left that company, um, and when I was in a new company, the boss who told me to leave, he told Amrit, I want to talk to you one day, I just come to a restaurant near your house. So he came to that place, to a restaurant, and he gave me a check uh, for the bonus for the year I worked earlier, which, is, which has never happened in the history of the company. Even when I was there in the job, I was telling the HR director, I know that uh, God is going to take me to a better place uh, than this, but I am confident, and he has helped me in many situations like this, but this time he is not, not going to let me down. So he was, uh, my HR director was wondering, how come this guy is so cool and so confident? I was having the worry, but at the same time, I was so sure that there are so many times he's, God has helped me in my life when things look hopeful, hopeless. Uh, so why not 
this time. So I just I just used that opportunity to tell him that I am going to be in a better place. So actually, the company where I worked was 80 80 years old company. The company where I'm working is much bigger. It's 150 years old company and better job. And even now, uh, okay, after about uh, six seven months now, after that, I heard uh, I heard that the the person who told me to leave. He was told to leave by the management. He worked there for 13 years and he was one of the most valuable people there. And uh, I know that God contends with those who contends uh, with his children. So that is uh, assurance and a promise which I always believe. And uh, even now, the person who told me to leave, he is in touch with me, uh, saying, why don't you connect me to this person? And so I, that is the favor of God. God turns the heart of the people. I know there's a few other people that do want to share. Isn't it amazing how many people God's working in their lives? I want to do one thing though prophetically. All those that shared, why don't you just stand up, please? Those that came up and shared. Now, you remember their testimony because there's something in there. There's, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's uh, God leading the way financially, there's relational um, healing, there's financial deliverance, but actually there's healing as well because Liam should never have got out of it. I mean, it's incredible what God did with him. There is um, work and, and also place and where he's placed to. There's a deals work as well. And uh, did you about healing as well in the body? So um, there's something you can see God's at work here. And maybe there's something that you're needing. Maybe you're needing deliverance. Maybe you're needing healing. Maybe you're needing breakthrough financially. Maybe you're needing relational breakthrough. And so as we finish uh, this moment, because I'm still going to in a second baptize some people. Did not expect. Uh, there's a spirit in this church of speaking too long. It starts with the head and it goes on to everyone else, and so um, so it, it has taken longer than we expected. But I think it's worthwhile. So why don't you guys, um, if if there is something that somebody shared that you're saying I would like that for me, why don't you stand as well? If you're wanting something that you've heard testified about, if there's a breakthrough you need in any of these areas, why don't you also stand right now? stand if you need to stand just stand don't worry about this breakthrough god wants to re- i honestly believe he wants to release breakthroughs today okay this is how we're going to release the breakthrough today we are gonna and if your baby's sleeping i can't do anything about that we're gonna give thanks to the lord with clapping of hands we are gonna appreciate him when um when denise stood and shared that story and uh, each of the others didn't you feel like you want to burst inside with thanksgiving well let it burst now Why don't we just lift our hands to the Lord and just applaud Him.
What a more wonderful way you can grab your seats for us to uh, finish this morning's meeting then by taking off my socks and my shoes and inviting Ogo and Estelle and uh, Kani and Shanice. Why don't you guys come up? We, uh, these four ladies have all asked to be baptized. And um, I said to you last week that we don't, um, we don't uh, baptize children because we believe this is something that believers should do. Let's get baptized and um, come, come to the front, yeah? And don't you love Shanice's shirt? See what it says? I have decided. And that's essentially what baptism is. It's a, it's a, it's a sacrament that Christ left behind for us. And don't steal my socks. Anyway, okay. That he left behind for us that, um, that we should practice, which is what has taken place in our hearts gets enacted out physically. What's taking place in the spirit realm now gets enacted out. It's a declaration before these people. This is where I stand. And uh, I said to them um, when I chatted earlier on that I believe there's power in this moment. Do you know what I mean? Even as um, we had some of those testimonies shared, I really do believe things get broken off of us at the moment of our baptism. We don't get saved. We're saved by the decision we make. But there's a power in the baptism as well. And so in a moment, I'm going to ask them if they confess Christ as their Lord and Savior, and uh, we'll uh, see what they say. And then on the basis of that, we're going to step into the water, and one by one, I'll baptize them. And what you may not hear is me saying to them as I put them under the water, um, Kylie, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Shanice, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Estelle? I baptize you in the name of the Father, of the Holy Spirit. And I'll go, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do that. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Wonderful. Why don't we just appreciate them for a moment?